we've uh, we've all been called by God, and uh, that's why we're here. And at some point in time, you decided to come to the Lord and to give your your, your life to, to Jesus. And when the Lord calls, it can be a life changing event. It can definitely be a life changing event. You may not notice the change immediately upon the call and your surrender to God, but as time progressive progresses, your life does indeed change. We're all here because at some point in our lives, God called us and we decided to answer. At some point in your life, because of either maybe what was going on or was not going on, uh, you decided, I think I need to get connected to God and to be serious about it, and you did. But the question can be, though, um, when God calls us, do we come willingly or do we come unwillingly? You know, And even though we were called to Jesus and accepted Jesus Christ at one time or another, God may be still calling you. Okay, God may be still calling you. And that all ties into what we've been talking about over the last several weeks about hearing from God and really, really wanting to know God, you know. But when God calls us, how many of us willingly fall in line and do what God is calling us to do? How many of us suffer from fear or whatever? You know, how many of us, I've actually heard, you know, some people that have actually said to me over the years, yeah, I really desire a deeper walk with God, you know, but gee whiz, um, what does that mean? I mean, you know... I, 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 I hear prophecy and I see Holy Spirit in motion. I mean, what is that going to do to me? Is God going to grab me and have me? And it's like they fear the Spirit of God. You know, they fear moving into that deeper level. It's like they are content as long as they can simply come to church, sit in the pew or sit in the chair and hear the message, do a, do a little praise and worship and then socialize after the event and then leave and that's it. You know, but if you're wanting to really get involved in that deep spiritual walk, which has been kind of the theme over the last two or three weeks, getting into that deep spiritual walk, then you have to ask yourself, how am I really willingly recalling, responding to God's call? You know, because God's call to you just doesn't stop with you accepting Jesus. Okay, it doesn't stop there. There's a call all throughout, throughout the course of your life for you to move to the next level. Sometimes that call to you may be marked by your your um, waiting on God. Sometimes that call to you may be marked by your praying to God for a particular answer, and you think you're not getting that answer yet. You know, you see. But so, so that call to you is constantly going on because that call is also saying to you, "How much do you trust me?" Okay, how much do you really, really trust me? You know, the the the, the Christian walk is not a um, it, 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 it's not a static, stationary walk. Our walk as Christians is very dynamic. It can be fluid at times, you see, you see. And we have to give ourselves over to God to be willing to just go with the flow of his wishes as long as we're going with the flow as within his flow and not our own flow, you see. So God's call to you just doesn't stop. Back when you um, felt you had to come to the Lord, you had to be saved and born again, it didn't stop there. You know, this continues and will continue all throughout your life until you go home to be with the Lord or until Jesus returns, whichever comes first. Amen. Amen. That call on you continues to come on all throughout your life. See, and that should make it very exciting to you as a child of God to know that tomorrow will not necessarily be like today. Amen. The circumstance that you're in right now may not necessarily be that way tomorrow. Amen. Amen. That that call to you continues to go on and on, which means that we have to constantly be seeking God. 
Alright, alright, alright. This life that we live as Christians is not static, alright? It's not stationary, it's not nailed down. We have to go with the flow of the Holy Spirit. You know that scripture that talks about um, who controls the wind? Okay, alright? You know, you can't control the wind, it just blows as it will. Holy Spirit just goes as He wills, okay? But the thing about it is you have to ask yourself, are you willing to go with that flow? Okay, are you willing to continue with that call? All right. The call does not stop here when this sermon is over. Amen. The call to you will not stop after you finish hearing this message. Amen. The call is going on within you right now because God is saying into your spirit, you know, and you're here because obviously you came to hear God's words today. Amen. So right now, Holy Spirit is working in you and saying, are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing? Are you hearing? Are you willing to flow whatever Holy Spirit is ministering to you? Amen. Amen. Regardless of these words that I'm about to say to you come out today, each one of you may receive these words in a different way because Holy Spirit is going to take these words and will interpret them within your spirit very possibly different between each and every one of you because your worshiping God is a very personal thing right? many times I've left services and sometimes I've heard people outside with, with some indignation saying out in the parking lot did you hear what pastor said today? he said so and so and so and so and so another believer looks at it and says no he didn't that wasn't the intent at all he didn't say that at all Okay, all right, all right. Yes, well, I've had other people come up separately and saying, this message was meant just for me. I heard this, this, that, and the other. You see? So Holy Spirit will take the words because God knows what are the needs of every single person sitting in this room. And, 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 and this Christian walk of yours, like I'm saying here, is not static. It's a fluid thing. It's a call where God is working in you. These words will mean something to you. You see? You see? And then as a result of that, you need to walk away from here today saying, what did I hear, Lord? What were you saying to me through your words today? How, how should I incorporate that into my spirit? All right? So God's call to you just did not end with you, your uh, being called to Jesus and you accepting Jesus Christ. That call continues on and on and on. Amen. Now, some come more willingly than others. And we're going to look at today uh, two events here of, uh, of people of where, where there was a willing call of the Lord and then also someone else that was not so willing. Okay? But we'll look and see how God deals with each one of those people. And how when they do decide to just give in and follow God, what are the results? Amen. So go to chapter 8 of the book of Acts. Chapter 8 of the book of Acts. Okay. Okay. And there may be some times in your life where, um, you, you know, you'll feel a call from God. And you have to ask, ask yourself, how willing am I to go and follow what God is telling me to do? Amen. Amen? But if you're following God, you don't have an option, you see? Because there's always a result or a consequence of following or not following God. Amen? 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 So again, so bear in mind, you know, throughout this message, that your work in Christ Jesus, it, while it, 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 it's, not, it's not just chaos, okay, but it can be fluid. It's not static. You have to be willing to move with the flow of Holy Spirit. So chapter 8 of the book of Acts, starting with verse number 1. Um, and Saul, and Saul was consenting. Let me see. I want to go to eight here. Hang on a second here. Okay. 
Okay, and uh, verse, uh, verse number one. And Saul was consenting unto his death, and at that time there was a great persecution against the church. Church was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing, uh, and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. Therefore, they were scattered abroad, went everywhere preaching the word. And went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spoke, um, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out, and many were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, uh, and that were lame, were healed. So we see here Philip was traveling about, he was freeing people from demonic spirits and so on, and bringing about, about healing and so forth. In verse number 9 it says, But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the last, from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. Now here this man, Simon, was using sorcery and was actually bewitching the people of Samaria. Yes, so they were attributing his uh, powers, if you will, uh, to, to God. Verse 11, and to him they had regard because that of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. So here he was using witchcraft. And these people were actually holding him in high regard because he was bewitching them. And this is why today we have to be so careful too. We have to be able to separate what is of God and what is not of God. Amen. Amen. Because many people are very gifted speakers. They can be gifted orators and saying many wonderful things when you're standing up listening to them. But the bottom line is that if their words are not founded in scripture, then you've got to be careful about what you're listening to and making sure that you're not following someone, you know. Um, I've heard many people say, oh, did you see so-and-so? He is so anointed. Did you see so-and-so? she is so anointed and they wind up following this person and they're leading them down this very 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 dangerous path you know they will put up these things uh, certain schools I've seen put up where if you go to the school all of a sudden you know how to do these, these supernatural things you know they try to put up these healing schools where they will actually wind up charging something or whatever but they'll say you join our healing school and in six weeks or whatever you'll be able to heal and all that stuff like that you, you, you can't sell you know the power of Holy Spirit okay they, if you're, gift, if you're, you're blessed with the gift of healing, God gives you that gift, and there's not a man that can teach you how to do it. Amen? Amen? So you've got to be careful how you're being bewitched and, and who and, and what you're following. All right? So, so for a long time, this guy had these people uh, under his spell, almost, almost, because they were believing in him. Verse, verse number 12 says, excuse me, But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So these people here, now they started listening to what Philip was saying. Then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip's and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which, he, which, which were done. So all of a sudden, Simon... This this uh, 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 this magician, if you will, uh, all of a sudden now he he starts to believe Philip, or so he says, and he and he follows him, watching these signs and wonders and miracles. Verse fourteen. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. 
who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they had been baptized in the name of Jesus, but they weren't, weren't yet Holy Spirit. They weren't not yet filled with Holy Spirit. So you see here a separation between, between um, just being water baptized and actual receipt of Holy Spirit. Okay? Uh, verse number 17. Then laid, laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. So then they prayed over, they laid hands. That's why we do so much laying on of hands here, and, and received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through laying on the, of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. Please underline, he offered them money. All right, now he saw what was going on there. Now he decides, I want some of this, so now let me go and try and buy some. Okay, give me some of that. Okay, here's my Visa, MasterCard, here's my checkbook. Let me go and buy some, okay? Saying, give me also this power. Underline, give me also this power. That on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. Now, being that, that he was the way he was in that town, and people were holding him in such high esteem, and he was bewitching them using sorcery, why do you think he really wanted this? Amen? Why do you think he wanted He wanted this power again so he could puff himself up and, and, and boast his esteem. He wanted people bowing down to him. So give me this power here, let me pray, let me pay you for it. He never said, teach me deeply about Jesus. How do I receive Holy Spirit? Teach me about the deep workings of God. How is it? And then crying out to God, God, use me. He instead wanted to use money, okay, to buy his, to buy his way. And we see that so much today where they think, everyone thinks that money is the answer uh, to everything. Give me this power that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, thy money perish with you. Because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Please in the line, because thou uh, hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Please in the line, thy heart is not right in the sight of God. You see, you see, so God, God really frowns upon people who think through monetary means they can uh, uh, aspire to achieve the things of God. Okay, it's not a matter of you being able, you can't buy your way into the Lord's heart. You can't buy your way there. Verse 22 says, Repent therefore of this thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in a gall of bitterness, and in the bond of iniquity. So in other words, he's perceiving here that he's, he's, he's in sin. This guy's involved in sin. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which you have spoken come upon me. And they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. And the angel of the Lord spoke unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Please underline the word go. And if you can squeeze in some place or make a note to yourself so you remember the next time you read this, where it says arise and go, here God is giving a direction. God is giving a direction. So when I say to you before in opening this message today that, our, that the call of God on our lives does not just end with us deciding to come to Jesus, there's a call and direction to you given all throughout your Christian walk with God. So here God is telling him to go. There's a specific, a specific place or action that he is needing to take. Now, when God gives you an action to take or God puts in your spirit, there's an action that you need to take. How willing are we to do with taking that action? How willing are we to follow? Do we always 
do what God tells us to do. Now, God didn't tell him much more at this point. He simply said, go toward the south and to the way that goeth down from Jerusalem to Gaza, which is desert. Verse 27 says, what did he do? And he arose and went. Please in a line, arose and went, and might make a note to yourself and put the word obedient. So God said, go, and right away, he was obedient. He arose and went. So when these things come into your life again, with God constantly calling you, whatever's going on in your life, and God says to do this or to do that, how obedient are you to do it? At this point, he does not know why God is telling him to do that. You see? So ask yourself that question. And, you know, when you leave here today and you're home later on, and all of a sudden, you know, in your prayer time, you, you, you hear God speaking to you and telling you to do this or to go there or to take this action, how willing are you to just do it? Or do we sit there and say, well, Lord, why do you want me to do this? Why do you want me to call so-and-so? Why do you want me to say no? Why do you want me to say yes? Why do you want me to do, you know, he he just says that he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot reading Isaiah, the, the prophet. Okay, so this eunuch here, he was seeking God. He was seeking God. All right? Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. So now God is giving him another action. Okay? Go near and join thyself to this chariot. How many of us would have said, being that, that uh, Philip, Philip was who he was, and this was an Ethiopian, you know, that he was to say, Well, why do you want me to walk over to this guy? I don't know him. I haven't been properly introduced. Why do you want me to go over there and join his chariot? I mean, I don't even know this, this character, all right? And, he, he said, and, and then he says, uh, uh, Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip, Philip ran thither, thither to him. Underline, Philip ran to him. And again, we see obedience. God said to do this. Philip didn't ask why. Didn't say, I don't know him. He simply ran to him. And heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understand thou what you're reading? And he's asking him, Do you understand what you're reading? Simply asking him, Do you understand what you're reading? And verse 31 says, And he said, How can I understand? How can I accept some man should guide me? Or how can I unless someone explains it to me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Alright, so here there was someone in need. Philip didn't say, you're, you're an Ethiopian, and you're telling me to come get in your chariot? I don't think so. Okay? He said, come up, you know, Philip, that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Now, how many of us have been given an opportunity to speak openly and honestly about God? Everyone sitting in this sanctuary has been here long enough over the years to learn quite a bit about the Lord. And Holy Spirit has guided everyone here in this sanctuary in in his ways and has taught you many, many things. How many of us are willing, when God tells us, to openly and honestly share what the gospel of Jesus Christ is? Or are we, or are we uh, closet Christians, you know? They were willing to talk to one another after service, during service, before service, about the service about the Lord. We, we, we get all, all holy and stuff and discuss scripture while we're in church. But how willing are we to do this when we're outside of church and particularly with a stranger? With a stranger. Okay? 
Many times our family and friends can almost be like strangers because of our unwillingness to openly share the word of God. To really speak what, what's on our hearts because of what the Lord has shown us. Amen. But he got up there and he shared, this is scripture is about Jesus. Scripture is about Jesus. And he talked about it. You see, this is, the, this is the God calling in our lives that never stops. It doesn't stop. You know, as a matter of fact, you know, God's calling really begins when you come to the Lord Jesus. That's when it's just beginning. Because you are like a blank slate. You're like a blank canvas, you know, that God can use now to, to work, to work you, to write, to write, to write the, the, the outcome of, of, of His glory through your life. Because that's why we're all here. We're all here. We're here to glorify God in word and by actions and by our deeds. Amen? Amen? We're here to glorify God. All right? If there is someone in need of knowing the word of God, of hearing about the Lord, and we, we hesitate in doing so, Especially when the Holy Spirit is telling you to do so, okay, then we're not glorifying God, you know. There are people around us that need to know about Jesus, okay, you know. And I am very, very quick to say, I'm very, very quick to say, that does not mean that, that out of uh, puffiness for yourself, for your glory, that you should run up and put a, a soapbox on the corner of Broadway and Maine, you know, and, and start proclaiming the gospel. Now, some are called to evangelism, and if that's your, your, your thing, then I'm not, I'm not downing that. But I'm just saying, but someone that's called to evangelism, Holy Spirit has clearly told them, this is what I want you to do. Amen? So if the Lord is genuinely telling you to put that soapbox out there on the corner of Maine, then yes, by all means, do it. But don't be doing it because you just want to glorify yourself. You see, because then you're not honoring God's calling. All right? Philip had no reason to go looking for this Ethiopian eunuch. He, had no, he wasn't seeking him out. He wasn't prowling through the wilderness there, let me see who I can minister to. Let me grab somebody, I can just bend his ear and talk about Jesus. No, God told him where to go. So when God tells you where to go, that call, are you willing to do that call? Are you willing to be that obedient? Or do you stop and let your brain sit and talk about, tell you about all the reasons why you shouldn't do it? This is my so-and-so, this is so-and-so, this is my friend, this is my family, this is a stranger. This person smells. He just doesn't smell clean. If a homeless man walks into any sanctuary that has not had a bath and sits down in a pew, do you see people scattering when he sits down? How many people run if a drunkard stumbled into the sanctuary smelling of booze? How many people would run from him? Okay? But anyway, there are countless stories. The one that was so moving, Brooklyn Tabernacle, back in Brooklyn, New York. It's a huge physical building, ministry. And it was a drunkard that was out in one of the back alleys there. And he was really on his way out, contemplating suicide and the whole bit. And he said he heard what he thought was angels coming through a door. He was leaning up against this building just in a stupor. And he said he thought he heard these angels. And he went to this door and he simply pushed it open. And when he pushed that door open, he said he saw all of these people, all of these people, with this music that was playing. The story goes on to say that he walked, this is a true story, he walked down the aisle. He, he saw the people, but he did not care about them. All he knew was that he saw this man up front that he had to get to. He walked down that aisle, and as he was walking down that aisle, the pastor who was there looked up as he was preaching, and he saw him coming. 
The man made his way to the front of the church. The pastor paused in his sermon and gave him a hug and embraced him. Even though he was stinking and dirty, needed a bath, had feces on him. Hugged him and embraced him. That man came to the Lord. When the pastor finished telling that story, he said, And I'd like to introduce to you Brother John Doe. And pointed to him. He was there in the ministry, had become a faithful servant in his ministry. Was all clean and decked out. Okay? He was saved. Alright? He did not know that that door he was leaning on was the back door to the Brooklyn Tabernacle in Brooklyn. He did not know that. I dare say Holy Spirit placed him there, whether he, even though he did not know Holy Spirit. God guided that pastor to not run. No one in the congregation scattered. No one tackled him and dragged him and threw him out, you know, because he didn't look like them, you see. So that calling that's on your life, when God is telling you to do something, how willing are we to forget who we are? And so we look at pleasing God and following. Amen? Amen? The calling on your life does not go away. Verse 35 again. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What does hinder me from uh, me to be baptized? And Philip said, if thou believe with all thine heart. If, underline the word if, if, and underline believe. If thou believe with all thine heart. And underline all thine heart. Thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now here Philip ministered to this guy in a chariot. He didn't have a fancy uh, sanctuary. He didn't say, hold, hold on, let me build a tent where we can go in and worship and all this stuff. He simply shared Jesus with him. The man said, I want to know this Jesus. And he accepted. He says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. Okay? After he was saved, then he was baptized. And when they would come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. That the eunuch saw him no, no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. And Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Now, now Azotus was about 29 miles away. Now, what an awesome thing to happen. Can you imagine that? Here you are sharing the gospel with someone. Then after you follow God, boom, God tr- decides to translate you to another city. You know, amen. I find that to be, oh, that beats any, talk about uh, Scotty beating me up. I mean, this, this, this far passes, you know, surpasses anything that Star Trek could do. But here you see, here's, here's an example, Philip, of someone who w- w- was willing to yield to the call of God. Okay, now we can go to another very good example. Continue right on in chapter number nine. Okay, and again we're talking about responding to the call of God willingly and not so willingly. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went uh, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues that if he found any of this way whether they were men or women he might bring them bound into Jerusalem and as he journeyed he came near Damascus and suddenly um, there shined round about him a light from heaven now just pause for a minute what he did was he went there uh, he, he went to the quote unquote to the authorities and asked me for a letter to give him passage to go there to go to Damascus saying that if I find anybody of the way meaning those Christians those followers that are calling on Jesus okay that I have permission to put them in jail etc etc okay this, is, this, was, this was his thing okay this was his thing and Saul was doing this in the name of God 
Saul was an extremely educated man by today's standards, having a PhD in theology. All right, I mean he was he was a very he was a learned man, and he was a, a zealous man, and he thought what he was doing was doing God's work. And these people who were following this Jesus Christ, this blasphemer Jesus Christ, that I single-handedly, in the name of God, I have to save God, I have to save God's word and purpose, and throw these people in jail. So this was Saul's charge, all right? And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? If you don't already have that underlined, please underline it. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecute. And it is hard for, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what you must do. Okay? Now, at this particular point, he was like, Paul was like, or Saul, because I'm jumping ahead here. uh, Arise, uh, what will you have me to do? So at that point, he's surrendering. So if God calls into your life and gives you a direction... Do you just willingly say, okay, Lord, whatever it is, what do you want me to do? Or do you rebel? Or do you come up with some other reason or a whole, whole lot of questions? Again, I say, do you question God before you just decide to do what it is that you want me to do? Okay? Now, now here's Saul is saying, he's saying well, why are you persecuting me? Why are you going after all these people? Because what you're doing to them, you're doing to me. So you're persecuting me. And he finally says, okay, he surrenders and says, okay, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? He tells him where to go, and he says, uh, and it shall be told you what to do. Verse 7. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. Okay, so they heard a voice, but they did not see Jesus. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw, he saw no man, but they led him, to, uh, led him by the hand uh, and brought him unto Damascus. And he was three days without sight. Please in the line, and he was three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. Okay, so now in a dream, he's telling him what to do. This is what I want you to do. Go into the street, etc. Verse number 12 says, And as seen in a vision uh, a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias said, Lord, I have heard by many of, his, of this man how much evil he has done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind, or to put in prison, all that call on thy name. So here he's telling the Lord, now, but wait a minute, I heard about this guy. He's bad news. Okay, you see? Now, now look at how the Lord is working, okay? The Lord is telling Saul something that needs to be done. Then in the meantime, way over here in a dream, he's telling this Ananias, I want you to go looking for this person. Okay, you see what God's doing here? I want you to go looking, okay? But in the meantime, the call that's on Ananias, he's questioning God. He's questioning him. Okay, there he has authority. But the Lord says, verse 15, but the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Okay? Now, 
this is a case in point where we can't go trying to outguess or decide what God is telling us to do to determine whether or not we should do it. Okay? Saul here, kind of jumping ahead as we all know, Saul became Paul. We know what a mighty man of God he was. All right? He was telling Ananias, there's a work that I want you to do because I've got my hand on him for a reason, for my own reasons. All right? We do not know who God might be leading us to. We do not know what God has in plan, has in mind for any, any, any other human being on this earth. Amen? The very child that stands before you, your children, you do not know what God may have in store for them. You do not know. You know, I love the song that says, uh, um, uh, the, the, the song, Mary, Did You Know? And the, the part of that that says, Mary, did you know that you would be, you're kissing the face of God? Mary, did you know? So I said to you, do you know? When God is telling you to do something, when that calling is on your life for you to take an action, you don't know how you may be used, how you may be being used by God to bring about his purpose. So who are we to question God? If God says to be bold and be strong and speak forth his word to I don't care who it is, what kind of opposition you're getting, and God is telling you to speak forth his word, you don't know that the word that you may give to the person that you think is the most unbelieving person, that word that you give may be the turning point for that individual. Maybe. Okay? Because you don't know what God has put on their mind. You know? I don't know if anybody here, I certainly know with myself, has ever experienced someone saying something to you and you knew in your spirit that those words were going to be said because God had put something in your spirit that this was going to happen. Amen? And it's confirmation. And that word from that individual will be a, was a turning point in your life for you to decide what you needed to do. Amen? So you don't know what God is speaking to the heart and the mind of some other individual. That may be the thing that you are hesitating on saying to that person, I don't care how difficult you think it is, might be the time that you say that or take that action that will turn that person's life around. That will bring them into the... the, 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 the the, the, the power of God into the path of God. Because God desires for that person to go in that direction. Amen? So how are you with the calling that is in your life? Do you think that your calling just stopped when you came to Jesus? Amen? Amen? We are all here to glorify God. Our lives are to glorify God. We, we are supposed to um, perpetuate the things of God in our lives. Okay? God is not lonely. He was around forever before at that point in time he decided to create us. But the word of God says that we are his crowning creation. Okay? Our purpose on this life is not just to procreate, eat, and go to work. It's a lot more than that. We're supposed to be glorifying God along the way, along the step. There's a whole lot of people out there that need to be saved. It's not God's will that any should perish, his word says. So that individual that you know, because God is calling you to say something to that person, don't you go passing judgment and say, well, that person doesn't need to be saved. (laughs) That person doesn't want to be saved. Maybe they don't. But that's not your decision. If you know Holy Spirit is telling you to do something, and this is an action that you have to take, you've got to do it. Amen? 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 So it goes on to say here that our... um, 
Uh, in verse 15 again, but the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Uh, the children of, of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And then Ananias went his way and entered into the house. And putting his hands on him, said, There you go again, the laying on of hands. And putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared unto thee, appeared unto you in the way as you came, has sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Please underline, that thou mayest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. You see? So now he's telling him that, you know, the one that you saw will sent me. Jesus that appeared before you also spoke to me. Amen? Amen? Verse 18. And immediately... There fell from his eyes as it, had, as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose, and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. Isn't that amazing? Look how he turned his life around. Prior to that, he was persecuting anyone that spoke about Jesus. And now here he is preaching Christ as the Son of God. You see? When God puts a calling on you, you cannot go passing judgment. Is, is this something that I want to do? Is this something that I should do? Should do? You, know? you know? As a matter of fact, we should feel somewhat honored that God is using us as part of his greater purpose. Amen? Not honored to the point that you go putting a knot on your belt. Oh, I saved two of two people on the weekend. That puts my total to 500, which I've heard so many people say was just a, such a great turn off. Oh, we ministered down by the bridge the other day and we took blankets down and clothing to them. It was cold. We went down to the people under the bridge and we ministered unto them. You know, then you stand and you listen. Then the person says, you know what? And I saved 100 people. You didn't save anybody. Amen. Amen. You didn't save anybody. Maybe you did what God was telling you to do, but don't be like Simon here taking the glory for yourself. You know, if you indeed followed what God was telling you, you need to give the glory to God. Yes, you were there and you followed what God told you to do, but Holy Spirit did the leading, Holy Spirit did the calling. You didn't save anyone. Amen? Amen? Don't get me mixed up with Obama. I'm not talking about you didn't build this business. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'm just saying that you didn't save anyone. This is the Holy Spirit here at work. Amen. You simply need to do what God is telling you to do. Amen. And, and then it goes on to say here, um, in 19, uh, verse number 20, And straight away he preached Jesus Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. But all that heard him were amazed and said, verse 21, All that heard him were, were amazed and said, Is not this he that destroyed them which called on the name in Jerusalem? On this name Jerusalem. And came thither for that intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priests. See, even they're amazed. They say, Isn't this the guy who was speaking so much against God? You know, verse 22, but Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. Amen. So it seems like, like Saul was really on his, I mean, he was on his game after this encounter. I mean, he really was, was so all, all, all about the Lord. It wasn't funny. You see, you see. So the interesting thing is that when you give in to the calling that God has on your life, how God gives you such more power. 
Because you know what's going on. You know what the real deal is. Amen. You know what, that God has touched you and has spoken to your heart. It says that he increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. And after that, uh, many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. So now the Jews want to, want to get rid of him because he's preaching about Jesus. But their laying, uh, um, their laying awake was known of Saul. Saul knew what they were planning. And they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and led him down by the wall in a basket. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples. But they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming and going out of Jerusalem. And he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord. Underline he spoke boldly. He spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians. But they went about to slay him. Which when the brethren knew, they brought him to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus. Then he ha- then had the churches rest throughout all, all the Judea and Galilee and Samaria, and were edified, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. And it came to pass, as Peter passed throughout all quarters, he came down also to the saints which dwelt at Lydda. At Lydda. And there he found a certain man named Aeneas, which, he, uh, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. And Peter said unto him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ, make thee whole, arise and make thy bed. And he arose immediately. And all, that, all they that dwelt at Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. You see? So here you see here throughout the rest of this. Um, throughout the rest of this, uh, everyone here was following the call of God. Everyone was doing what God was calling them to do. You see, calling them to do. And so that has to be the theme of your life. We know that the calling that God has on you is not over. It is not over, not by a long shot. You know, you know, the younger you are physically, chronologically, a lot longer, more life you have for God to use you. But you've got to be willing for God to use you. You've got to be willing to go where God wants you to do. Not to second guess. Not to second guess, you know. If God puts you in the path of some quote-unquote Ethiopian eunuch, eunuch, don't you be hesitant about speaking to that individual or being involved in those particular set of events, you know. We have to be bold. We have to be strong and know that God is indeed the one that that's in charge. God is the one that's in charge of your life. You're here for a purpose. You know? you know, it may not seem when you get up every day and you go through the course of your day or you think about what's on the agenda for today, what is it that I have to do today, it may seem to you that it's not very important. Oh, well, here I go again. You know, another day to do this. Ah, same routine as yesterday. All right? Same routine as yesterday. You don't know that. You don't know that. Again, you don't know where that Ethiopian eunuch may come across your path. You don't know where God may say to you, you know, you know, I got nothing to do today. I think I'll do something exciting. I'm going to go to Walmart. <laughs> go to Walmart, see if there's something that I need at Walmart. Amen? And you don't know. You don't know who else may be in Walmart. You know, you don't know. Okay? We ran in through a sister many years ago in a particular store we were shopping in. My wife and I. And we turned one corner and we split up, went down one house and she went down another. And I ran into the sister that I hadn't seen in years. And she was on crutches, two, two crutches and so on. We started talking and she said, Pastor Cobb, I've been wondering where you were. Because we had moved, moved locations. 
We're wondering where you were, wondering where the church was, etc., etc., etc. In the meantime, Tanya heard her voice in the other aisle, and she came over and joined us. Sister Tanya gave her a big hug and so on like that. And she said, oh boy, I haven't been feeling so well, and relayed her, her medical condition and so on like that. And so, where are you now? We invited her and so on like that. And later on, she started attending, attending the church. She, she located us. And uh, <clears throat> one particular Sunday, and there was a message on healing and trusting God. And uh, this woman jumped up, and I saw her walking down the aisle. She took those two crutches, and she threw them to the side, and she walked the rest of the way down the aisle, you see. So I'm saying that to say, we went to that store on a whim, looking for whatever we were looking for. She went there on a whim, probably, looking for whatever she was looking for, and God put us two together. Amen. To have her to be at the place that God wanted her to be. Amen. And later on, she showed me the medical reports and x-rays and things like that. She had a condition. Won't get into details. But over time, she regained her strength and her weight. Her face filled out. She said she was going to a family reunion and she went, uh, I think it was California. Went to California to this family reunion. This is what she related to us later on when she got back. So she sat down at a table and was talking to one of her relatives. And she said, the relative said, oh, hi, I'm so-and-so, who are you? And she said, I'm so-and-so. And her family member looked at her and said, you're who? She didn't even recognize her because her whole countenance had changed. Amen? Amen? So I'm saying to you, when I speak these things to you, this is not theoretical stuff. This isn't stuff where I'm just reading the Bible to you. I'm speaking to you things that I have seen actually happen. So I know that these things are real. I know them because I've experienced them. I've seen them experienced. So if God is calling you, don't put it on the back burner. Do what God is calling you to do. I don't care how painful it may seem. I don't see, care how it may or may not make sense to you. You know, don't do that. If you know, if you know that you know that Holy Spirit is calling you to do that, whatever this may be, and you be bold in Him. Okay, we see it said there that He preached with boldness. You be bold in Him, God will honor that. And you'll be surprised at the change that you'll see come across your life. You'll see. Okay, a couple of reasons you will have obeyed God, and God will now know that he can trust you to be faithful to him. All the scriptures that we read, it said that God said to go, and what does it say? And he went. The person went. So be obedient. Amen? Amen? I pray this message has been a blessing to you. And now before we close, let's prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.